Hey, I'm Stephen Hovatter, the lead minister at Central Church of Christ in Little Rock, Arkansas. Our goal as a church is to follow Jesus together. So we gather on Sunday mornings for Bible study at 9 a.m. and worship at 10, 15 a.m. And you'd always be welcome to join us. To learn more, go to arcentralchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon. Today, we want to start off 2023 talking about uh, our theme for the year, and that is reach. And reach really captures, it's a good strong verb. Uh, by the way, at the end of the year, we're all going to go up to Pinnacle and redo that with all of us, that video. It's going to be great. I don't know. It's, Travell was a little nervous about the dramatization of the, uh, the stock footage video there, but uh, it'll, it'll be great. It's going to be a great thing in, in December. It'll be really cold. When we think about what we mean by reach, we, that does capture a lot of what we're talking about, some of the things that we want to put stress and emphasis on over the course of the year. We want to spend some time here in January and February thinking about what it means to reach to God in prayer. We want to think about what it means to reach out to each other and develop friendships and really um, really develop the community of God's people here at Central and, and, and work on some of those things in our relationships with each other. And what it means for us, reach also captures that idea of what we're trying to do in our community as we try to reach out to our neighbors here in the 72202 uh, and also just in, a, in the broader, broader vision for the city. Uh, what does it mean for us to be people who instead of kind of uh, being in our shell, in our bubble all the time, we are actively engaged in reaching to the people with whom we share life in the city. So there, there are a lot of things that that word captures for us, but it can be a little misleading because all good metaphors have their limits, right? And uh, there are times when you can take a metaphor into a place and you can begin to kind of be led by the imagery uh, to think some things that maybe pull you a little to the side. And one of the dangers with this metaphor of reaching as a core way of thinking about our spirituality is that we can be pulled into thinking that it is all about us and that it is all about what we do and that we are the ones who are doing all the reaching. So the question that I want to start off with for the whole year is who is doing the reaching? When we think about what it is that we're a part of here as a, as a church, when we think about all of those things that that word can mean for us as we follow Jesus together, right? Like prayer, community, mission. Who is it that is doing the reaching? And I think it's important for us to kind of step back from that and recognize that in all the things that we might plan and intend, the goals that we might set, the different sort of uh, resolutions, the resolve that we want to, uh, you know, pull into our own hearts and into our plans for the year. In all of that, let's have some humility. And let's remember that it's not just us who is doing the reaching, but it is God. It is God who is the one who is doing all of that reaching in all of those different ways, whether we're talking about prayer, uh, whether we're talking about community and relationship building, or whether we're talking about mission. It is God who has the initiative. It is God who is doing the reaching. 
It is we who are just trying to figure out what it means to reach back. Turn with me into Matthew chapter 14, and there's a story that I think illustrates this really great in some really great ways. And it's a classic story of Jesus and his disciples. One of the classic stories about the Apostle Peter um, and the rest of the disciples and, and the way that Jesus related to them in sometimes ways that um, are terrifying and sometimes they make us laugh and sometimes they're inspiring and sometimes they ask us challenging questions. And I think this story does all of those things. It's the story of Jesus walking on the water. It comes right on the hills of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And so there's this climactic moment where Jesus has all of these people, thousands of people that have come to him and he's fed them. He's provided just the thing that they needed in that moment. And when they finished singing and everybody said amen and shook hands on the way out the door, the preacher was tired. Sometimes preachers need a nap on Sunday afternoon. In chapter 14, verse 22, the story starts like this. Immediately, like immediately after they finished eating, immediately, he made his disciples get into a boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone. Don't you feel good for Jesus in that moment? I mean, Jesus, Jesus had to tell the kids to go take the boat, you know. I'll go take the boat for a little while. I think I'm going to stay here, all right? And he sends everybody home. And after this climactic moment with the big crowd, we see the immediate shift of Jesus taking space for himself, be with God the Father on his own. Hey, let me tell you, there's some people in the crowd that had some celebrating all last week. And it may be the right thing for you to do as 2023 opens for you to say, hey, I just need to take a minute this afternoon. All right? And you may need to not worry too much about cleaning up the debris from last week. And if you need permission, I'm gonna give it to you. Take a minute. Take a minute. Be by yourself a little bit. Rest. It's part of Jesus' rhythm all through his life that there are these moments where uh, there are these kind of powerful things or sometimes challenging, uh, conflictual things that he experiences. Or maybe there are these turning points that he's going to experience in his ministry. And Jesus almost always either following those moments or right before those moments will take time to go and be by himself to pray. It's an important part of his life, and if it was an important part of his life, how much more for we, his disciples, right? To take that space, to carve out those moments, go be by ourselves with God. 
And so that's what Jesus does, does when this story starts. This story, our story, really starts with the disciples being sent on away, okay? And Jesus is there by himself praying into the night. But notice what happens in verse 24. Or the, the last line of 23 says, when evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. So when Jesus looks out, he sees his disciples. Where had he sent them? He sent them to the other side, right? And Jesus looks out and he sees the disciples haven't made it to the other side. Now, it's not all their fault, is it? The disciples did what Jesus had told them to do, but they encounter an obstacle. What's the obstacle in this story? The wind. They're out in the boat. They're doing their best to do what they understand Jesus has called them to do, to go to the other side. But they look out. Jesus looks out at them. And he just sees they hadn't made it yet. He sees that they are still on the sea and, and it says early in the morning and I gotta tell you I'm, I'm not sure about the space between those two verses because it says it's when evening came that he looks out and he sees them in the middle right and they haven't made it but we see that it's not until early morning that he begins to move towards them now there's a part of me that wishes that story went you know something like this and he saw that they were uh, in the middle of the sea you know and the wind was against them and he immediately right then ran out and he rescued them so I don't know why they needed to spend the night out on the boat But there's a little bit of space between, it seems to me, when he sees them and when he comes to meet them. And I don't know why that is. But it does remind us who's in charge in the story, doesn't it? But early morning did come. Early morning came. And when it came, Jesus was walking toward them on the sea. Early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Y'all simmer down. It's in the Greek. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. Well, Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. 
beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. There's a lot of coming and going in this story. There's a lot of reaching in this story, isn't there? And one can imagine Peter sitting down sometime later at the end of his life telling this story. I mean, you can definitely imagine it because of all the things we know about Peter, right? Peter telling this story. Y'all, there was this day. And in a moment of courage, I reached out to Jesus. I went to him on the water. I can imagine this story being told in such a way that it is Peter who does all the reaching, right? I cried out, Lord, save me. I cried out to him in that moment. And Peter does some reaching. I'm sure when Jesus' hand was there, I imagine Peter wasn't saying, Lord, save me with his arms all tucked up under like this, right? How do you imagine Peter's posture in that moment when he cries out to Jesus, he's not just reaching out with his voice, Lord, save me. Don't you imagine he's also reaching out with every bit of his arms? Every, I bet Peter's arms were never that long. Go, go, gadget Peter, right there in the sea, right? Sorry, millennials, it's too young, I know. We went, we went on a boat ride this last week. I know, it was not a great idea. It was really cold, <laughs> it was really cold. My sister-in-law, Martha, who I love so much, she made a deal with a couple of my children, uh, with Lucy and with Deacon. I should clarify which ones it was. You know, The older two were having no part of this nonsense. Made a deal with them. Hey, if you'll jump in that lake, I'll give you $25. Now, I want to make it known that she offered my wife $1,000 and Kelly walked away from that pier bone dry, okay? So it was just be clear about how this story goes. But in Deacon and Lucy land, $25 is a lot of money. Deacon said, sure, I'm in. Lucy did too, I'll give her credit. Deacon, full of all of his excited, rascally, joyful self, took a few, he went up there, he, Started to dip his toes, but, you know, backed up a few steps from that pier, ran. He jumped. He was so excited. He was like, I am going to do this. And I'm going to tell you, his face immediately changed. And the pier, the, the, the dock that we were there was, you know, this was where they were jumping off, nice clear space. And around to this side, there was a ladder. Okay, so the plan was, we said, hey, you need to jump in, but you immediately need to swim over here to the ladder. I'm telling you, when that boy hit the water, that plan was gone. <laughs> and he didn't take his time swimming around to where the ladder was. He came to where his daddy was. Because he wanted out of that water immediately, right? 
Now, I don't know how cold the Galilean Sea was in this moment, but I imagine that Peter, in the moment when he became frightened and was beginning to sink and he cries out, Lord, save me. I imagine it's a moment like that, right? Where his arms are reaching out to Jesus and he needs, he knows he needs help. And he's pulling out and he is indeed reaching in that moment. But it wasn't Peter's reaching that got him out of the water, was it? Jesus immediately reached out his hand and called him. Jesus called him. Jesus said to him, you have little faith, why do you doubt? And personally, I think Peter deserves a little more credit than that in this story. I mean, he's out there in the water. Everybody else is watching from the dock, from the boat. Okay? They go and they get back in the boat, and that's when the wind drops down. By the way, I think that part says that in that story to remind us that the wind was blowing the whole time. All the time that Jesus was walking on the water towards them, when they recognize and they see him, all of that. When Peter said, Lord, if it's you, let me call me and let me come out to you. In that moment when Peter said that, he had to speak it up over the wind. The wind was still blowing when Peter was desiring to get out onto the water. He comes out. It wasn't that the waters start fresh. It's that he notices them. He sees them. He turns his attention to the waves and the wind while he's out on the water. Okay, But they were there the whole time. Jesus walked not on a glassy, still sea. He walked out to his disciples in the midst of the waves, in the midst of the wind. You see what I'm starting to knock at a little bit in this story, right? When we go back to that question, who is it that's doing the reaching, and we take that to this story, Jesus is reaching out to God in the beginning when he has made his, his disciples go on. He's sending them ahead of them, and he spends time with God. He's reaching to God in that moment. But when he sees the boat and when he goes out to them early in the morning, in his coming to them, in his walking towards them on the sea, Jesus is in the most improbable way reaching to his disciples in that space. He wasn't just going for a stroll. He is coming to them. When the disciples see him and they are terrified, notice that their conversation, this is such a disciple-ish moment, right? In verse, look at verse 26. When they see him walking on the sea and they're terrified, they say, it is a ghost. And they cry out, who are they talking to or who are they who do they say it is a ghost to well i mean they either saying it to each other or to nobody in particular right are they talking to him do they say who are you no it's a cry of confusion they're talking with each other they are just baffled they're just talking just to talk i do that But in verse 27, it's Jesus that speaks to them. They don't even speak to him yet. He speaks to them and tells them, take heart. 
It's I, don't be afraid. In this moment when Peter says, hey, Peter recognizes. He doesn't just jump out on the, out on the water himself, right? He says, Lord, if it's you, you call me out onto the water, right? Peter recognizes where the initiative needs to be in this story. Jesus says, come. He invites Peter into that moment with him. He responds to Peter's desire by inviting him. And when Peter cries out, Lord, save me, Jesus is the one who reaches out to him. All through this story, Jesus is reaching to his disciples, to Peter. Just like he had reached to the crowd before and provided them the things that they needed to eat. In this moment, Jesus sees the things that they need. He sees what they desire. He comes to them. He comes to them. He speaks to them. He saves them. The most common thing that we call Jesus in the New Testament that Jesus is over and over again called is Jesus is called teacher, rabbi, right? And Jesus is the teacher. But I want to start off this year by pointing out that Jesus is the reacher. He is the one who is always reaching out to us. I want you to live in that reality all the time, but for just a moment, I want you to really understand that I'm not just speaking in general terms here, that Jesus reaches out to humanity. I think that's true. I think Jesus reaches out to the universe, right? To all of the cosmos. But I want you to hear me saying, Jesus is always the one reaching out to you personally and individually and intimately. Jesus is the one who is walking on the waves in your life. He is the one that is standing in front of you in the boat, calling you out onto the water. And Jesus is the one, when you are neck deep and going down, Jesus is the one who reaches you. His hand is stretched out to you and he bids you come to salvation. Jesus is the great teacher, but my friends, he is the reacher and Jesus is desperately reaching out to you. He always has been and he always will be and he is even now in this moment. You may have perceived that it was you that despite that wild New Year's Eve set your alarm clock. And you may have perceived that it was all you that when that clock rolled, you know, went off this morning, decided only to hit snooze once or twice. You may have decided it was all you 
that brought you here. And you had some part in it. And I appreciate that. But it wasn't just you. Somewhere in there, isn't there space in our understanding of what is really happening with us that God's spirit is somehow always drawing us back to himself? Some things that we've been, that we're looking at spending time paying attention to and talking to, talking about over the course of this year, prayer. We may think of prayer as our reaching out to God, and it is. It is what it, what it means for us to pray is to just be in a space where we say something like what Peter said here, right? Said that dialogue, that back and forth, call, call me if it's you, call me out into the sea. God, if it's you, call us out into those places of mission. God, where is it that you want us to be at work? And our uh, staff and, and elder thread this morning, one of the things that uh, one of our elders sent to us to pray about is, hey, how can we be at work reaching our community? Let's be prayerful about that, right? And that is, that's us praying to God. Praying to God, like, if it's you, call us to come out to where you are. But it's not just us, right? I mean, even in that moment, when we pray, it is God's spirit moving within us, showing us how to reach back to God. Not just our initiative. You, you hear what I'm saying? God's spirit is already at work within us in that moment of reaching. And, and when we pray, we find that it's not just a one-sided thing. We find that when we reach out to God in prayer, God is mysteriously somehow always reaching out to us too. Prayer isn't a one-sided thing, right? We think about community. Community is us reaching towards our brothers and our sisters. But it's not just something that we do. The same thing is true about community and relationships too. Isn't it also the spirit of God among us that moves us towards each other? Henry Nowen writes about this experience of, of uh, he and a friend that had reconnected and they, they spent time in silence and in prayer. And uh, after a long while, his friend said to him, the Jesus that lives within me sees and recognizes the Jesus within you. And I think that's what Christian community is really built on, right? The spirit at work within each of us reaching out, teaching us to reach out to the spirit at work in each other. And mission. God help us if we think mission is just about what we do. But surely, at its very best and in its only hopeful space, what mission really is, is not us reaching to our neighbors on our own. It is God reaching to our neighbors through us. God is already at work in mission. We're just trying to keep up. We're just trying to keep up. Trying to participate and share in what God is at work doing in our city and indeed in the world. We want to be a reaching people, reaching out to God, to each other, and to the world. But really, 
we are simply servants and vessels of a reaching God who teaches us all of those movements by his own spirit and by his own hand. Amen? Jesus is the reacher, and all of our reaching is simply a response to where Jesus is already reaching. So we want to say in 2023, let's reach. Let's reach out to God. Let's reach out to each other. Let's reach out to our neighbors. But I want you to know that every time we say that, what we're really saying is reach back. When you reach to God, reach back to God. Because God is already the one doing the reaching. Where I want to end today is with this kind of reminder. God is searching and calling, always reaching towards us. May the spirit within us help us to be perceptive of that and responsive to it so that we can begin reaching back to the one who is always reaching to us. Let's pray together. Holy God, in the midst of our waves, you come to us. In the midst of our sorrow, you comfort us. In the midst of our great need, you provide great salvation. So God, you who have been searching us out Give us a searching heart that we may reach for you. And oh God, may we, in reaching to you, may we come to know you and understand you in better ways and to grow in our faith and our love for each other and our love for the world around us. And God, through all that, may you be honored and glorified for in every ounce of our reaching, we know that in truth, it is you who have done it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.